Well, welcome everyone to episode 564, 21st of the 12th, 2017. Merry Christmas. It is the last, possibly the last Aussie Tech Heads before the end of the year. Uh, I think next week I won't be here, but we'll see what happens. I think uh, we'll talk to someone in a minute who might be uh, around. We don't know yet, but um, but anyway, welcome to the show this week. Uh, we got a, we got a few stories to get through this week. This week, we're going to uh, see about Facebook and uh, facial recognition, Apple Plan's new building in Australia, and um, yeah, plenty more. Dan TDM gets a mention on the show this week. How do you like those apples, eh? All right. And uh, don't forget, we are brought to you, the, the bandwidth and all this, all the expenses uh, paid by athwebhosting.com.au. So if you like the podcast, why not test out the sponsor? In that is really us, <laughs> aussietechheads.com.au. Uh, but the web the web hosting is athwebhosting.com.au. And uh, also, don't forget to like us if you like us on facebook.com forward slash aussietechheads. Uh, just jump on there, tell us what you think, any comments or uh, whatever. Set post to something. Uh, yeah, just uh, get on there, interact with us. You can also interact on the website as well. You can record a audio comment that can come straight back to us. Uh, no one's actually done that yet. Well, no audible ones anyway. Uh, some have been inaudible and some <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably uh, not repeatable. But uh, no, no, they've all been good. And uh, okay, so let's get straight into it and uh, welcome uh, this week. We've only got Jace. We've lost Jordan. He's on holidays. How you going, Jace? Ding, 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 ding. It's oh, snowing. Oh, it is. Look at that, eh? That is probably, that is one of the better, uh, C- can you call it CGI or green screens that you've done? That's a nice yeah. one. Yeah, there's no... no, no oh, so you're saying the others were crap, I get it. Yeah, yeah that's right, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, does that um, ATH web hosting you were talking about, do they have Drupal? Oh, you can install Drupal. You can, <laughs> you can install... Oh, it's funny. You can install Drupal if you really, really want to. I was talking to... I was talk, actually talking to Eric today. He sends his best to everyone. Uh, he can't be on this year. Or the, <laughs> this year, the rest of the, the, this episode, <laughs> anyway. We'll, Will couldn't be on this year, but he sends his best too, no doubt. <laughs> yes. No, but I was actually I was actually talking to Eric this morning, and uh, it was funny. We were talking about this and that, this and that, and uh, he's got a WordPress site, and he's going, "Oh, what else is out there?" He goes, oh, "He goes, I've heard good things about Drupal." <laughs> <laughs> so he's obviously picked really? it up. Really? Where did he hear them from? I don't know anywhere I could hear anything good about Drupal. So yeah, so he's obviously Google uh, maybe. If I if I if I got a basic website, I'll do WordPress. If it needs to be more complicated, like they want to lock off members' areas or have ES commerce or something, I'd say Joomla. Yeah, Joomla. Joomla. Do you notice, I don't know why they have the, the actual word Joomla is all, is always with an exclamation mark. That's the actual trademark. Whatever. Like Yahoo used to be. Oh, they stopped that, did they? Oh, yeah, I didn't realise that. I hope so. Well, it got sold up and broken, didn't it? Does it still any Yahoo left? I, know, I, I knew it got sold and everyone knew it was broken, so <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, the, that's the way to go. So come and uh, get on to us for some hosting if you want. Now, uh, where are we going to start this week? There's been uh, not too much. I go through the stories each week, as you know, and, look, the whole week was pretty much in my, in my juiciest place I get news. It was all over and done. There must have been about 20 stories all up for the whole week. The and- juicy place was a bit dry, was it, Glenn? Bit, yes, uh, that was a bit dry, a bit parched down at the old juicy place, but uh, we did pull some out of it. So, um, yeah, we, we 
We we we did get some stories. Yes, if you want to get it's us on the going deeper and deeper into the juicy place, aren't you? I know. I'm thinking, what what can I say that's not too bad? Yeah, but it turns out nothing. No. So oh, I must say that. See, oh, if you're on the video, I do have a bit of a uh, you know unironed shirt on, and I apologise for that. But the the, the ironing lady, my stylist, is already on Christmas holidays, so hopefully uh, she'll come back next year pretty soon. <laughs> All right, uh, you get us on Twitter at Glenn Goodman, at Warlock, W-A-U-L-O-K, at Aussie Tech Heads, or at Aussie Tech News. You get the hashtag Oz Tech Heads, A-U-S Tech Heads. There you go, T-E-C-H-H-A-D-S. And the Aussie Max are in there, you know, they're lucky, aren't they? They've had Christmas breaks for like a week or so now. Wow. I don't know what's going on over there, those lazy people well, over there. Well, that's okay. My shows have had Christmas breaks for about a year now. <laughs> You're just I'm on just a... the wheel about whether we should do any more Minecraft, and we really don't know whether it's worthwhile anymore. But everybody really, really wants to do uh, Old Fart Geek, so we'll see mm. the new year. I think the Old Fart Geeks is a good concept. Uh, you can just, yeah, go on about it, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, just keep going on about all the old stuff, and uh, you can get people on you know, that would probably go further back than us, you know, back to the 60s with reel-to-reels or whatever uh-uh. and oh, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, I'm sure Alex would like it because he's always posting um, articles on his own website about old games from the 80s and getting his kids to play Street Fighter and um, uh, stuff like that and the old Link uh, video um, games. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure he would be interested. Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a good concept. So we should boot that one back up. The uh, Minecraft. I'm thinking. Oh, that's what I just come. A question has just come to mind. Now you know how there's so many different versions of this Minecraft, like yep. the Windows 10. There's the Xbox, which I think they're pretty much the same now, aren't they? Windows 10 and Xbox. Then yep. you've got the Pocket Edition. Then you've got the Java Edition. Now, if you yep, and bought PlayStation and Switch, oh, okay, and they're, they're and they're all non-interoperable. Is that right? All those PlayStation ones as well. They're they're actually working on uh, Minecraft Realms servers, which um, Mojang slash Microsoft run, and you should. They're trying to get it so that you can all play together on the same server, but you would have to get one of their Realms servers. You would be able to play together on, say, the server that I've got. I honestly, look, I'm no coder, but I can't see why this is so hard. Like, isn't it just all, you know, like up well, and up one, and down? one of the bonuses for Microsoft is if they make it so, if they don't specifically program the normal one so that everyone can interrupt, then you have to purchase a Microsoft slash Mojang Realm server and then they mm. get extra money. Well, At the moment, yeah. you, buy, you buy Minecraft once off payment for like $30, that's it for life. Now, where's Microsoft going to get some more money from you? They're not. So if you have to pay a monthly fee for a server so you can play with your friend on the Xbox and the PlayStation and the PC and the mobile all in the same place together, then uh, they get another recurring revenue. Now, with the Java edition, I think that's what it's called, isn't it, on the PC? That's where it started, yep. Yeah, so PC, if you... PC, Mac, and Linux all running Java. Right, so if if you were to buy the PC version, uh, does that does that give you like is that only per PC or can you get two PCs out of that license or if you want no, to just well you can in you, it's run by account so you log in with username password to one account which you can put on any PC in the world but it's still only that one account. Yes, and I guess so. Each time, like you can't have say two different names then in the same 
not on the same account. No, you'd have to have separate yep. accounts. Yeah, right. I'm thinking of because the kids they start at school. They've been doing this, uh, like say, basic programming with Scratch. I don't yep. know if you've seen that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Scratch is great. Yeah, so that that seems pretty good. And I also, I've come across this thing. It's the same sort of concept as Scratch, but with Minecraft. Yep. And you get the most advantage out of Scratch slash Minecraft, like programming Minecraft with Scratch, if you have the Java version. Yep. And uh, we don't have that. I'm thinking, well, if, if I want the kids to do it, which I think they would be interested in it, I've got to buy two Java Minecrafts. Yep. And so, yeah, so that's where I was. Also, sad if face. people are interested <laughs> in programming, say, games that they want to put on uh, Apple and iPhone and Windows and Mac and a few other things, uh, even HTML export, there's a um, website called Stencil, S-T-E-N-C-Y-L.com, which lets you program games for all of those platforms, including Apple and Android, but it's using a scratch-type style where you have the blocks that you join together, the jigsaw puzzle of code. Right, okay, right, okay. Yeah. And there's that, and then what do you do? You can play that on your phone. Is that what you mean? Yeah, you can publish it and sell it in the App Store and the Play Store and the Windows Store and all these things. For now, I've got yeah. a story that 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 segues into one of my stories. Actually, let's well, go into into two stories. Can you believe that as a segue there? But we'll get me, there eventually. Yeah, that's right. Let me let me go on while we're doing the, the scratchy programming thing. Apple has moved to ban apps made with commercial templating tools. So I guess this stencil is probably a templating type of no, tool. No, no, no. That'll that'll give you different things. It's like uh, people were complaining because there's companies that will make a basic um, application for Apple and uh, Android, and it'll have all the basic settings for, say, a pizza place. Yeah. So if you've got Glenn's Pizza Parlor in Rabina and he doesn't know that much about programming or doesn't have time to program stuff, you just boot up this application on your desktop and um, you would drag in your company logo, colours you want, upload pictures of your pizza or whatever, and then it would you press go and it would create an application that goes on your uh, iPhone, which you could submit to the Apple Store, and everybody's pizza place would have... Everybody just wants the same sort of experience. You don't want to have 20 different or 100 different types of uh, pizza store apps. They would all work the same way and have the same features, but everyone can personalize it. And so you don't have to pay, say, Joe Programmer $5,000 to make you an app. You could just run it together yourself and export it. And there you go. Here's our pizza shop done. Mm. But then um, Jason's pizza shop would look the same but have different pizza names with different ingredients and different logo, but it would be exactly the same app. So that's the templated, the app is created once and then you can customize it for all the different stores. So that's the kind of thing they want to block. Something like Stencil is just another way of programming a game, which will be completely different to all the other games. Right. So they must run, obviously they must run some sort of code, uh, I don't know, identification or whatever so yeah. it just sees if it's all the same sort of stuff um yeah this uh story goes on apple updated its app store guidelines on june 8 including the to include the following clause for, for those who are following at home it's clause 4.2.6 i app- thought it was going to be santa claus i was getting excited 
No, no, just 4.2.6. That's, that's, that's the, the, the Grinch version from Apple. <laughs> Apps created from a commercialized template or app generation service will be rejected. While the guidelines were initially thought to be an attempt to clean up or clean up clone or spam applications, TechCrunch reported earlier this month that dozens of small business apps created using such tools had received notices from Apple, which stated their content was inappropriate for the store. Now, as Jason, I think Jason just explained this completely, uh, for templated apps related to SMBs, which is uh, like churches, schools, non-profit, restaurants, etc., we are trying to propose that Apple removes these apps from the App Store search categories. So they're saying that, uh, so what this mob want to do, who, this is a, this is a quote from Business Apps Managing Director Andrew Gazdecki. So he wants to say, well, instead of just, you know, pinging these apps into, into oblivion, how about we just make them non-searchable? And so therefore, if you do make, well, that sort of defeats the, the purpose of <laughs> Jason and Glenn's pizza shop, doesn't it? Yeah. But but then again, I guess if you have got customers that come in and they say, get our app, you can't search for it, but you you know where, oh, I don't know. what, what You could say if, if you go to glennspizzashop.com and there'd be a link there uh, yeah. to the app store and that when you click on the link, it'll open with that app there and then you can click download or install. But if someone goes searching for pizza store in Rabina, yours won't show up. Yeah, that's right. So that was uh, so that's what Apple is pl- well not they're planning on doing. I think they've done it June eight, so that's already happened. So just uh, keep your eye open for that sort of thing. Uh, but as far as we know, stencil that looks pretty good. That stencil doesn't. I just I've still got that window open here, yep. and that uh, yeah, that looks pretty. Is there a cost to that pricing? What's the pricing on that? Um, it's it's free to start off. Yeah, there we go. Published to web. Oh yes, and then ninety nine a year to web and desktop. What okay, and then 199 published to your mobile app stores, right? And I guess that what that must include the fee that you got to pay Apple. Say. No, you would pay that separately. Oh, okay, right. No, oh, yeah, so be another 99 dollars US. But if there's a lot of kids who want to do something, a game, simple stickman game or something for new grounds, hmm. so the starter one where you could publish for the web would probably output enough to run on something like Newgrounds or you could put it on your own website for your friends to play. If you want it to go onto the mobile device, then you'd need to have an Apple developer license and then um, you'd probably be making some good money if you're lucky so you can afford maybe 199 a year. But there's one guy who programs it all and uh, he's really brilliant. Um, people were waiting for Stencil 3 to come out with bated breath and it finally came out. So... They all got uh, programming with this stuff. But, yeah, I, I was following it for a while and mucked around with it for a bit to see if it was for me. But at the moment, I'm all about the Fitbit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, that's where you got the – you've had some success, haven't you, with your with your watch face? Why is yeah, that I've had about over, over nearly 400 downloads, uh, uh, paid downloads. Mm. I, I keep getting messages coming up on the, the Mac. I don't know if you can hear them or not. And I've, I've just closed the app, and it's still they're still coming. I, <laughs> I can't handle Apple sometimes. But anyway, so uh, now my second story, I'm going to run out tonight now because I'm doing two in a row. Now my second story that's sort of tied in with what we're talking about with the Minecraft and all this sort of stuff is uh, Dan, TT, Dan TDM. 
Now, if you're into Minecraft or you've got kids, you probably would have known, you would know Dan T, D, T, whatever his name is, Dan TDM. He's 2,000, what he does, he gets up there, right? Just on my, and he plays Minecraft and Pokemon, records himself playing the gameplay, puts himself in a little corner, and like, he is pretty entertaining, he's a, he's a pom, and uh, he's pretty entertaining with the way he speaks, and he's, 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 um, extroverted style of speech and, and how he interacts with the game and all this sort of stuff. So he, he's not too bad. He's entertaining. But, geez, my kids just watch it. And especially the little bloke, he just watches it. He'd watch it 24 hours a day. He gets on there. It, well, he's playing a game on the Xbox, Dan TDM video on the iPad. Next week. <laughs> it's out of control. Did you see um, they were just talking about last week there's an eight-year-old kid who gets toys and he videos himself unpackaging and playing with toys and he made like a million dollars in the last year, and he's eight. Oh, wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Um, but Think yeah. of how much money we must be making with a quality podcast like this, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Only half as much as what we would have if we had Will on the other the other half of the two greatest podcasters. Right. <laughs> you know? So anyway, well, we miss you, Will. Where are you? Now, uh, yeah, so Dan TDM, 2017's richest YouTuber. So uh, he obviously makes a lot of money out Even of this. more than PewDiePie. Well, he shot himself in the foot, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's not on YouTube anymore, is he? Or they, they've pushed him I don't down. Know. I don't think people care too much after he started hating on Jews and telling people nasty stuff. Oh, is that what happened? Wow. Just went too far. Yeah, like, you, I don't even understand why he won't even go down any of those paths you know like even even he if you're, that he's invulnerable and can do anything and nothing will happen i guess but even if you like you know hated someone's guts or whatever you don't just get on and just say it i don't know what's up Tell with your 10 people. million followers yeah yeah that's right like what's that do but anyway dan he's 26 years old this dan tdm and he's made more than oh what was that about 24 million dollars last year million for, glenn Million little little one. With the, oh, that, I thought that's billion. Is it million? <laughs> Why not all of the things? Twenty-four million dollars on yeah. the YouTube. So he's become extremely successful. Now I saw a here. Is, is a picture of him here. Oh no, I don't have a picture of him. I thought I did. Well, anyway, you can go and search for him. Yeah, uh, he uh, he was on. I saw a video of him interviewed on the BBC and. Yeah, he's he actually he, the the videos that he makes are for kids. He, he he knows that kids are watching it, and he is he is a responsible YouTuber. So it's very good. I don't think there's I haven't heard any bad language. I don't think he goes into any dark or. Well, if, if there's kids that are on that uh, kids YouTube, the YouTube Kids app now, you don't want to have any um, nasty stuff happening on there because uh, you won't show up on that thing. And the the kids up to like sixteen are the heavy watches of uh, particularly Minecraft stuff. So you want to be able to get the biggest audience possible to get the advertising revenue. So why would you restrict yourself and go, oh, it's my channel. I can do whatever I want. I can swear. I can do anything and then lose advertising and lose viewership. Yeah, well, that's right. I don't know. I understand why people want to do that. I, was kind of, I tried to show you a picture of him there, but uh, it's going to play a video instead. Actually, <laughs> we might, uh, it's going to play an ad now. Oh, I notice that the ads are getting a little bit shorter, which is good. Most of the time, I you know, get off. Most that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, they get the defence force. <laughs> there he is on the on the left there for those who are watching on the video, and in the middle, he's in two places. Uh, not the run on the right. 
So that's him there. That's what he looks like, if you want to know. That's what your kids are watching if they're into Minecraft. So he, I think he is pretty responsible, so that's good. And yeah, I don't really mind my kids watching at Dan at TDM. All right. Now, Jace, we better get on to some of your stories. Alrighty, well, speaking of Apple before, Apple updates slow down aging iPhones by cutting performance power to save the batteries, researchers have claimed. Scientists at tech firm Primate Labs, cool name, dudes, analyzed performance data from thousands of devices, discovered speeding up a slow iPhone could be as simple as getting a new battery if you're willing to give Apple $119 for the privilege. Primate Labs founder John Poole said deliberately slowing down the processor can have the effect of hiding a dying battery while also encouraging users to upgrade. Users may believe that the slowdown is due to CPU performance instead of battery performance. This will cause users to think, my phone is slow, so I should replace it, not my phone is slow, so I should replace the battery. The huge analysis revealed that the iPhone 6S performance took four massive nosedives after each update that followed iOS 10.2.1. The distribution of iPhone 6S scores for iOS 10.2.0 appears unimodal with the peak around the average score. However, the distribution of iPhone 6S scores for iOS 10.2.1 appears multimodal with one large peak around the average and several smaller peaks around low scores. Under iOS 11.2.0, the effect is even more pronounced. Researchers believe the device is designed to encourage iPhone processors to slow down if they depict detect battery degradation, meaning customers would need to upgrade or pay Apple for a new battery to get their device back to standard. Batteries naturally degrade over time with the iPhone designed to last for just 500 charge cycles. Yeah, so I guess, I don't know, is this, uh, is this Apple being nice to us to help us have the best experience? Or is you it could take it either way, couldn't you? <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. Are I... they making this phone slow so you're, well, I better get the iPhone X because it's fast and this one's slow? Yes, yes. So Surprised that... that it's happening with a 6S, though. They're not terribly old. No, well, I've noticed, I have noticed with my phone, I've got a 6S, and I have noticed that, yeah, things, say, like, you open up Facebook and it just hangs there for a little bit longer than I thought yep. is normally did. So, yeah, I didn't know if it was the internet or, you know, or what. But, uh, yeah, I've noticed a few little things like that. It's disappointing, isn't it? That, so oh, when are you getting the iPhone 10, Glenn? Uh, the 12th. Of, ne- of never, of never. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, you're waiting for the XI, right? Oh no, I'm waiting. Would, would, the, would the faster, up, slightly upgraded version be called the ten, the iPhone XS? Ooh, XS. Yes, maybe, maybe it could be. But look, I had That'd a be bad marketing. I had a, I had a play with the ten or the X or whatever they want to call it, and look, I don't really know. Oh, look, here's a lady taking apart a phone. Let's go to there while I talk. Now I don't know if uh, if I like them. They are, it hasn't got the button, you know, the home button doesn't have the home button. Yep. Uh, in fact, you've got to hold the screen down to to force like a home sort of button push. Yeah, yep. I just don't. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like it. But anyway, saying that, uh, I look. If I had to buy another well, this phone, one, this would one I buy another have one? one either? And how do you... it's got a heart, it's got a soft button in there and just has the haptic feedback so it goes bzz when you touch it so it feels mm. like you press the button yeah I, I don't know look i i think i'm overspending 600 plus for a phone to tell you the truth yep. uh i'm I'll, i'm over it i just don't know if i would do that again 
Uh, I don't know what I would do if this Come broke. to the dark side, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but Samsung and the rest of them are still, you know, up there, aren't they? They're all six, eight hundred dollars Depends. You can get some really good ones for four or five. Mm. Not top, top shelf like the iPhone, but really yeah. good ones that they'll do fine and they'll last you and have all the features and stuff that you want. I think at the end of the day, mine's just been... Yeah, I don't know if I am even using utilizing the iPhone to the, its most capabilities. You know, like I'm not taking photos that I want to put up on sides of buildings. Uh, I'm not doing all the, you know, all this stuff. I'm just using uh, just normal photos, just photos, the phone, SMS, Facebook, email, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, just wait a, wait a year, and iOS will drop support for 6s, and that'll help you to make your decision. It might, it might. I'll look at maybe look at a Pixel, but they're up there too. Uh, yeah, so we'll keep it with the Apple theme. Uh, Apple are building a new building, a new store, new a new flagship store in Melbourne. Now we'll get to why Jason booed there in a second because I never this this particular story I read never went into the the, the nasty side of it. But Apple has unveiled plans for its new flagship store in Melbourne Federation Square, including a design that it says complements the original vision for the precinct, which I don't know what is that was it increases public space. I don't know. You build something to increase public space. It provides a daily program of activity to inspire and educate the community. Now that's got to be a plus, hasn't it? Uh, through a partnership with the Victorian government, Apple Federation Square will be powered entirely by renewable energy. Well, that's a tick. It also become Apple's most significant store in the Southern Hemisphere. So, so it's obviously going to be pretty big. So it's going to be a bit more impressive than the one in is it George Street in Sydney. Uh, mm. So when complete, the new store will offer free education sessions on photography, music creation, music creation, must yeah, Garage Band, yeah, app development, yeah. I hope they are not using templates and other creative <laughs> pursuits as part of a community engagement called Today at Apple. Now, it all sounds good. It's great. I love it. Now, what, what's... Flagship what's, store. Yeah. What's the problem, Jase, there? That this well, um, didn't tell me. One of the websites has got a bunch of tweets from uh, Melbourneites. The new Apple store replacing the Yarra building at Federal Federation Square is radically different architecture and converts cultural the cultural civic space to commercial. And despite this being a public centre, the changes to the planning scheme have already been approved without any public process. Another one, what? The building they are demolishing won numerous awards and is totally a part of the overall design of Federation Square. So instead of cultural tourism, an Apple store? Really shocked part of Federation Square will be demolished to make way for an Apple store. Love it or hate it, there's a clear and coherent artistic vision behind what exists now. Removing part and leaving the rest is worst of all worlds. Fed Square CEO says this will be a flagship Apple store. There are only about five of these worldwide. Neglects to mention there's only one Federation Square and only one yet <laughs> building. Oh, I love how they can twist it all, eh? That's that's funny. But yeah, like this is I've just got a, a picture up here. I think because it's like a cultural icon of Melbourne and people think that it, it feels like a part of Melbourne. It was probably designed and built by people in Melbourne and now a US company is coming to demolish part of it to whack in a commercial store to make millions. So, Yeah, I guess that that's probably not, not the upside of the whole thing. But like mm. being not from Melbourne and without wanting to uh, receive a lot of emails, I think that, that Federation Square building is quite ugly. <laughs> To be honest, yeah, um, people have mentioned that too. It may be ugly, but it's Melbourne. 
Yeah, yeah. So if you, so that's the Federation Square if you're on the video. It's a dark, dark sort of building. Pretty boring. And then that's a good one for you. Fed Square is objectively pretty shit, but giving public land to Apple is still a terrible decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So if it's going to, you, yeah, you really have to weigh up. If you're going to give a private company who's got $100 billion in the bank some land for nothing, you'd have to really weigh up. Is there, are they going to be really beneficial to the community? Yeah, um, yeah look, I'm not in favour of knocking anything down, really, that can be reused or whatever. Like, you know, in Sydney, they're knocking down stadiums just to build another one. Oh, that's, yeah. that, on the surface, I don't know the ins like and outs of it. Two and a half billion dollars that could have gone to education or medicine or... Well, uh, anywhere. People like, yeah. like, and they're like, no, we'll make millions. We'll get people to come over here because our stadiums are cooler. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't care if it went to to plant poppies or something. But it, it's just why why take down a functioning stadium which was only built for the Olympic Games? But anyway, that's that's another story, isn't it? It's bloody ridiculous, mate. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't. As I said, I'm not into the whole nuts and guts of it all, but it's on the outside from Queensland. It looks silly. <laughs> oh, okay yeah so there's the apple store in melbourne so good luck with that mm. now what else have we got here i've got here consumer no consumer electronics belkin yes now belkin have been taken to court because of their lifetime warranties that apparently only lasted five years they must think i don't know that's half the life of your little doggy not even it was the, the lifetime life. of a small asthmatic chimpanzee. Yes, <laughs> with a hernia. Now, the vendor, Belkin, has accepted a court-enforceable undertaking. I like that. They've accepted it. That's good. The, <laughs> the courts had said, you are bad. And they go, well, are they going to have a we'll... big sign on the website like MSY does? <laughs> that's still there, you know. I looked yes, at that. I saw it the other day. <laughs> I wonder how long that's going to stay there. But it's still there. Forever. <laughs> I can't believe it. But you know how slow they are to update their website? Yeah. Right, it'll be there for another, yeah, but, yeah, until they get their new one going. But anyway, Belkin has, has accepted a court enforceable undertaking following an investigation by the ACCC. Belkin sold products between 2016 and 2017 that were supplied with lifetime warranty or limited lifetime warranty with products like wireless routers, switches and cables. However, Belkin only applied these policies for repairing or replacing within five years. Naughty, naughty. Uh, the limited time warranty was not disclosed on the product's packaging and was only referred to on Belkin's website. Now, as part of the... like that limited, unlimited quotas that a lot of companies had. You can have unlimited internet, which is five gigs. Yeah. Which we call unlimited, which is not unlimited at all. No, that was just a joke. As part of the undertaking, Belkin will honour the lifetime warranty. Now, here's where you can get in, okay, and get a lifetime warranty on your router. As part of the undertaking, Belkin will honour the lifetime warranty on products sold for the next three years. And has That's a lifetime. As long as you die in the next three years, it'll be your lifetime, right? That's No, no. They didn't say whose lifetime. No, they're going to offer the lifetime warranty. Well, I, re I read that. Yep. Well, I read that as... I'll have to read that again, but I read that as, so the next three years they sell you a router, it's got a lifetime warranty, oh, like actual lifetime warranty. Right. So I'll read that again and you interpret it how you wish. Okay, this I'll read it verbatim. As part of the undertaking, Belkin will honour 
the lifetime warranty on products sold for the next three years and has agreed to not make lifetime warranty representations unless it is truly applicable to the lifetime of the product. Yeah. So you're right there. That's, that's how I read that. Yeah. But but you're right. I I will see then. We will see. I, I reckon. I don't know. If you're going to buy a rowdy, you might as well. I don't know. Is that a buy Belkin? Test it out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Where are you going to take us now, Jace? South Australia's giant battery is already showing its worth. State Energy Minister Tom Kutsonels has said, "What's that?" Kutsantonis says, "The world's largest lithium-ion battery, built by tech billionaire Elon Musk." responded quickly last week when the coal-fired Loy Yang power plant tripped and went offline. The battery delivered 100 megawatts into the national electricity grid in 140 milliseconds. Ooh, that's, that's a quick. record, and the national operators were shocked at how quickly and efficiently the battery was able to deliver this type of energy into the market. The ministry has said that the battery's quick response time showed its worth over other forms of power generation. Now, if we got a call to turn on our emergency generators, it would take us 10 to 15 minutes to get them fired up and operating, which is a record time compared to other generators. Torres Island Power Station would take half an hour to an hour to energise and synchronise into the market. The battery can do it in milliseconds. The battery in the state's mid-north was switched on earlier this month after being built by Mr Musk's company Tesla in under 100 days. It is paired to the neighbouring Hornsdale Wind Farm, owned by French company Neon, to bring added reliability and stability to the state's electricity grid. Oh yeah! Well, there you go. So that looks like it's a bit of a win for the battery. Yep. So, yeah. So I, I'd, um, yeah, I, I don't know how much it had to uh, power and for how long, but I don't know a win's a win. I'm guessing Elon will take that. Yeah, he will take that. I saw in that picture there that I flashed up. Uh, where is it? Like, look at all the wind. You've been flashing again. I know. Look at all those windmills. Look at all... They're all right, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, good stuff. Well, the government says they're ugly and should come down because burning coal is much cleaner and nicer looking. Yeah. Now, um, we're going to do something that we've never, we don't do too often, and <gasps> that is, <laughs> we're going to have to take a quick break. So, just hold your horses. We'll be back in a sec. Nay. Yes, yeah, so we're back through the magic of podcasting. See. It really did, wasn't too long at all, was it? All right. Now, where were we? Talk, well, Finn's talking about the battery, I think. Uh, so how that, that's uh, done a good job. Was it worth the $100 million or whatever it was? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Now, where can we go from there? Uh, I've, done, I've, I've done the Belkin story. How about this bloke? Uh, just running on forward, running on from the whole warranty issues and everything. Now, this happened earlier this year. It sort of started probably a couple of years ago, but there was an online reseller, Electronic Bazaar. Now, he was, the owner of this was actually imprisoned for misleading customers on refunds. So that's how serious it can get. Like, you know, we, we you know, we talk about the... That's why it got out easy, didn't they? <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> they Exactly. Like, you know, the, the, these companies get fined and, and big money. MSY was fined 750000 or something. So it's pretty big money. So anyway, this guy... Uh, Electronic Bazaar listed products such as notebooks, mobile phones from Apple, Acer, Asus, Dell, Sony, you know, the whole, the whole box and dice. Uh, 
the the ACCC said that he made such claim as consumers were not entitled to a refund, repair or replacement for goods in various circumstances, such as where the goods were no longer under an express warranty, where the goods had been used or were not in the original packaging and unless the claim was made within a specified time period. So whatever he was doing was all wrong. This is in 2015. He was fined 100 grand. Now, the ACCC filed proceedings against him in November 2016 for contempt, alleging that he breached his court orders by making similar misleading claims uh, through another online retailer. So, uh, yeah, he didn't learn his lesson. So he's back into the court. He was found guilty in April. Now, he was ordered to serve one month of, of his imprisonment sentence immediately. The remaining two months will be suspended if he complies with his original court orders not to make false misleading uh, representations about the consumer rights. So, look, I, I don't know if he's out or whatever he's doing now, but I don't know that's only in November, but if he served three months, well, yeah, his three months would nearly be up, but, geez, it can get serious. It can get serious. He doesn't learn very well, does he? <laughs> Not by the sounds of it, no. Maybe he'll learn with a, well, at least one month in the in the clink. So, yep. um, yeah, so I guess like... You... Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, not that clink. No, not that clink, no. <laughs> that's still getting its run on Foxtel. Is it? Yeah, yeah, Hogan Zeros, that's still going around. Yeah. And uh, I saw Happy Days. Well, that's on, was that on 11 or one of those free-to-air channels? I oh, saw nice. that. Yeah, I was at the gym and uh, the old Fonz and, and I saw the one with the leather Tuscadero in it, old Susie Quattro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was good. That was good. All right, yeah, so things can get serious with the ACCC if you don't uh, obeyed, obey their orders like Belkin mm. did when they accepted their court order, their court enforceable order. They uh, accepted and said, yep, okay, we're bad. All right, uh, Jace, what else have you got there? Well, this is not a good one. One in 10 Australians' private health records have been unwittingly exposed by the Department of Health in an embarrassing blunder that includes potentially exposing if someone is on HIV medication, has terminated a pregnancy, or is seeing a psychologist. Huh? Unique patient records matching the online public information of seven prominent Australians, including three former or current MPs and an AFL footballer, were revealed in a study by the University of Melbourne School of Computing and Information Systems. A report published on Monday by the university's Dr Chris Colnane, Dr Benjamin Rubenstein and Dr Vanessa Teague outlines how de-identified historical health data from the Australian Medical Benefits Scheme and the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme released to the public in August 2016 can be re-identified using known information about the person to find their record. We found that patients can be re-identified without decryption through process of linking the unencrypted parts of the record with known information about the info individual, such as medical procedures and year of birth. This shows a surprising ease with which de-identification can fail, highlighting the risky balance between data sharing and privacy. While a unique match may not always be accurate, Dr. Rubenstein said there was a possibility to improve confidence by cross-referencing other data. Because only 10% of Australians are included in the sample data, there can be a coincidental resemblance to someone who isn't included. We can improve confidence by cross-referencing with a second data set of population-wide billing frequencies. We can also examine uniqueness according to the characteristics of commercial data sets we know of, such as bank billing data. Yeah, so I guess that's no good. But like, why would... 
Oh, look, there's probably many reasons, I guess. You know, if you yeah, move into public life where these records might, I don't know, come in handy in the hand, to the hands of the, to the, in the wrong person. But uh, yeah, I'm guessing what they did was they had a lot of information. They took all the personal information out and released it so that medical students and uh, medical uh, programmers of medical software could use that data to um, try out databases and do some research. But the, it was accidentally found that you could actually identify the people who were in there just by adding on a few extra things. Yeah. So that yeah. So that's no good. Um, what was? Do you know? Did it say what the outcome of that was? What was the response? Did they say? I sorry, I wasn't reading it there properly. But yeah. So, but anyway, in any case, I think the government has to respond to that and maybe more, what scrambleize the data more before they release it for testing purposes, I guess. Yeah, it says uh, the Federal Department of Health was notified about the issue in December last year. The Department of Health takes this matter very seriously and it already referred this to the Privacy Commissioner. The project was halted and remains halted and the data set was removed immediately. Spokesman said the department since taken further steps to protect and manage data. Yeah, oh, that's, as long as they're on top of it. That's the main thing, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> that's the main thing, well, you'd hope. But oh, look, people get my health data there's nothing probably there to worry about anyway so no, i'm not worried but yeah but you still don't you can't have that you can't have that going on uh yes so now where am i going i was just going to scroll all the way back up here now now facebook i've got a facebook story now facebook uh is going to or they're they're, they're ramping up their facial recognition use Ah. Yeah, so Facebook users now will be notified every time their face is uploaded, even if you're not tagged in it. So that's pretty cool. Don't take my face off and upload it somewhere. I need my face. (laughs) The algorithms that power Facebook's facial recognition technology analyze the pixels in the photos are extremely sophisticated, not least because of the vast amounts of data they have to learn from. I suppose when you think about it, like... Yeah, that's 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 yeah, amazing. You and the kids is up there for them to analyze. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Facebook has been using this technology since 2010, when the company began offering suggestions for whom to tag in a photo. Uh, the new feature, Facebook creates a template of a person's face by analyzing the pixels from existing photos and comparing them to newly uploaded images. Users who do not do not want to take part can opt out in their privacy settings. But I tell you, like. Must be some fair computer. It's always opt out with Facebook, isn't it? We're going to put you into all of our stuff unless you say no. Instead yeah. of we won't put you in unless you say yes. In which case, they only get a couple of thousand people. Yeah. Now they get millions and millions of people, <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, I didn't really want that, but I didn't even know it was happening." Because I mean, it's not like they have an announcement. You log into Facebook. It's like, well, we're going to identify you from every photo you've ever had. We're storing that data, and it can be personally identifiable. Even if you delete your account, we'll still keep all those photos just in case mm. you want to reactivate it one day. You'd never know, ha huh, ha. Huh? <laughs> and you've got access to that data forever. Yeah, and like, I don't know. Like, I suppose the, the the secret here is if you don't want stuff to come back and haunt you, you just stay off Facebook. Uh, look, I stay off the internet, people. It's not a safe place to be. <laughs> well, we're pretty much off the internet in Australia, aren't we? With all these yep. ADSLs and lower speeds. So, do you know how many people do you know that aren't on Facebook? Do you reckon? Count on one end. Probably, yeah. Yeah, there's not many. I probably know even mates of mine. I've got two that would come to mind straight away. 
Uh, yep. Yeah, they just yeah, you just yeah, you got to actually talk to them in person when you want to talk to them. What <laughs> I know, eh? Tell me that's not wrong. It's so nineties, dude. I know, I know. A bit backwards. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, Facebook. Oh yeah. Are they okay. from the country? No, no, they're from around here, around Rabina, oh. in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what Facebook's up oh, to. Oh, in the middle of nowhere where you can't get any deliveries of a TV or anything. That's the one. I don't know if Kogan's changed that, but look, I'm so I'm so glad they didn't deliver me the TV because I probably would have bought it. It probably would have been yep. pus. Uh, I should have. Uh, who, who was that? Who was the um, the guy we had on? Told me it was pus. Um, one of the guys you were talking to me about today, Adam. Yeah, must have been Adam. Was it? Yeah, my, yes, yes. I think it was Adam. Yeah, and I said I was going to go for the the Kogan or the Audi. Well, I went for the Audi. And yep. the only reason was because I could take it back easy. And, yeah, it was pass. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. It was like a waste of resources. Like, yep. seriously. It was just a, like... Uh, it was My TCL is pretty good. I'm happy with it. Except yeah. for the only, the only thing that I don't like is the it has its own little app store, so it doesn't run Android or anything, which I should have checked and got one that did. But... Um, it has an app store that has like uh, catch-up TV things and um, SBS on demand and stuff, which I don't use because I can get that through the PlayStation anyway. But it, um, the app store for my TV doesn't have Netflix. But if you bought the next year's model, they enabled Netflix on that, which would run fine on my TV if they enabled it for that mm. model. But because I think... When it connects to their server and lists the software, it says, oh, hi, I'm this model. It says, oh, that's last year. We want people to buy a new TV, so we'll just block Netflix. And you're like, well, I'm not going to buy a brand new TV when I only got one a year ago just so that I can get Netflix. I'll just, you know, yeah. get a get a, a little stick and plug in there or, yeah, or even right. Raspberry Pi or something, anything, but buying a whole new television just to get Netflix. All they're doing is screwing over their own faithful customers. But, yeah, I don't know, like, just by uh, stopping your access to it, it doesn't guarantee it that you're going to buy another TCL, though, does it? So nope. would they? do you reckon they'd be that pedantic about it? Just, oh, this yep. is, people, I went know, to the, their forums and people just going right off. They're like, just let us watch netflix using the tv we bought last year oh, yeah okay. completely ignored it they said we tried ringing them no we're not going to do that buy a new tv if you want that well I'm, i know my mum and dad they've got a tcl this is a bit of a wrap for tcl it it has to be 20 years old would it be 20 years it has to be 15 and it's, yep. an, it's like it's not hd it's just got a standard definition tuner in it um it's as blurry as crap <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you know that's how it was. Uh, but yeah. it's still going. Like it's, it's uh, yeah. the picture's not too bad. I shouldn't say it's blurry as crap. It's not HD, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's probably what would it be? It'd be SD. But you know, and because it, it was 15 years old, and but it's still going. And that's a that you know that's what you look for in a TV when you buy one. The long jig. Yeah, long the TV works fine. And mostly we just watch stuff from the PlayStation, Crunchyroll, or Netflix on the PlayStation anyway. So hmm. we get all the stuff regardless. But, you know, the, the TV is good quality TV. It's got nice image and everything wasn't too expensive compared to a lot of others. And since uh, even I probably mentioned this in the in this show before the story when I went in there and I said the guy was asking me, the salesman was asking me what if I needed help. I said, well, I've done a lot of research and I know that there's about two companies in the whole world that makes uh, LCD panels for all of the TVs and all the monitors. Hmm. He's like, yeah, that's right. There's only a couple of them. 
and then he still tried to upsell me to something else to a sony i think it was because it's got a better screen i'm like we just agreed that the screens are pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's the features that they put in behind it. It's the technology and the processor, the software, the um, brightness, contrast, all of this stuff mm. that will make the difference. The screen is basically the same. Yeah. Some of them will have better controllers, faster CPUs. They'll have their own way of dynamically improving the image or all that sort of stuff. So that will improve it. But you can't say get this one because it's got a better screen because it really doesn't. So you say my Audi one was a good screen, but it was just past. Crappy processor. Oh, I think that's what it was. Like, you know how, you know, you walk in and see it and the the picture is colourful. It's full. It's um, almost... Uh, like glowing, well, not sort of yeah, glowing, yeah. but it, it's it's glassy. You know, it's yeah. a nice picture. Well, this Audi thing, it was washed out. It was, uh, and you just couldn't get a decent picture. I tried all the settings, which were yeah. very limited, and that might have been the problem. Uh, tried this and that, this and that here and there, but just even free to wear. I even downloaded a 4K image to see if I could get it working properly. <laughs> and nope. that, that was okay, but... Um, but geez, just it on wasn't normal. moving. <laughs> That's right. That just normal stuff. It was terrible. Yeah, too but, much motion blur. But if you're looking for TV, is a quick Aussie tech head tip. Have a look at uh, Sony at Video Pro. I, I got an email from them through the week. They got some like 55 inch, 60 inch for 1200 for 55, maybe a little bit more for okay. 60. So they're pretty. They've got some deals at the moment. I think wasn't that long ago. I got a 26 inch TV and it was 1500 dollars for LCD, and I thought that was good. Wow. Now the price Going vroom. Yeah, geez, 26 inch, that's uh, nothing. That's a monitor. I know, I, I had it in Melbourne a few years ago and my daughter's friends from school came over for a little um, party and stuff with her and they're like, geez, your dad's TV is really small, isn't it? <laughs> so next weekend I went out, that's it, I'm going to get a 40 inch and I ended up looking at it and was like, Nah, we'll get a fifty. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think ours. We well, our fifty-five didn't really make the move a couple of years ago. It developed yep. this little black line about an inch from the top, um, so um, that annoyed us for two years. And so then, old mate next door, he had he was getting rid of his big sixty-inch plasma, weighed yep. as heavy as the car. And so it keeps you warm in winter. It does. It cooks it's your eggs bone. as well. Oh, it's, it's she's a beauty. And, um, luckily, we got solar. And yeah, so uh, yeah, she she's power hungry, obviously, and hot, and uh, the picture's okay. It's full HD, so it's not too bad. It's old. It's you can the tell TV it's old. you're talking about, not the wife. Power hungry yeah. and hot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The TV. That's exactly right. Now, so Telstra's getting into the Christmas spirit of sorts. Oh. Yeah, uh, they're going to be making payphones calls from payphones free uh, from the twenty fourth of December to the twenty sixth of December. So they're putting on the Christmas cheer, and they're offering free local, national, and standard mobile calls from uh, also from home phones, yeah, plus the sixteen thousand odd pay phones across Australia. So, so if it, if it's a pay phone, but you're not paying, does it just mean it's a phone? Yes, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like that. What do they What do they call Postman Pat when he retires? Pat. Pat. That's right. <laughs> now the Christmas cheer continues. Oh. Great. Yeah. Uh, we also learned from Telstra that it's also offering free Wi-Fi at the selected pink Wi-Fi public phone hotspots. 
Now, apparently last year, this uh, two, in 2016, free payphone calls campaign, more than 271,000 were made free from what? the payphones over three days. I wonder what happens if you accidentally try to put some money in or something. Does it just go straight through and come out the other side? Uh I don't know. I reckon it takes. You don't it. know that it's free. That they they have like a big sign on the front of it that says "free calls for three days" on every single one. Or do you walk in, you pick it up, you like put in your two dollar coin, and it goes straight through to the change. You're like, oh, I can't make any calls. Oh wait, it's ringing. Look, the last time I used a payphone was like probably a long time ago. Uh, and I, I is it right that they they would re, like they would drop out the unused coins, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder that they they still would happen if that still happens. Uh, then, or do they still drop out unused coins? Are the phones in those boxes now big enough to hold them, or do they, they, you put the coins in, it triggers the switch and just drops into the pit? Who I knows? Don't, I don't know. Uh, I might have to put 20 cents in and find out. <laughs> <laughs> so I know exactly where there's a payphone. Uh, one, one of my friends, when he used to visit, he had a, um, a special uh, way of signalling to his parents that he was ready to come home. He'd just go to a pay phone and he'd ring them. And as soon as they picked up, it'd hang up. And so they're like, oh, that's the queue to go get my son. Hmm. So it didn't cost any money. He didn't put any money into it. He just dialed the number. But it won't connect because um, there's no money no in money. there. But yeah. his parents knew if they got a phone call around the time they were expecting from him and it just clicked out, then, oh, we have that's to go him. get yeah, we did something similar, but it was like just we let the thing ring twice and yep. then, then hang up and then they go, oh, yeah, that's it. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, when, you, when, the, when the caller ID started to come in and everyone got pretty happy with all that, going, oh, look who's ringing, it's such and such. And then you got a private number, you go, ooh, I'm not touching that oh. one. <laughs> all of a sudden, if you didn't know who it was, you weren't yep. touching it. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we, we weren't touching the um, the uh, private ones. And so, yeah, if, if it was, say, I don't know, your mum or something, or this is a while ago, so it'd be, your, I don't know, your mum's brother or whatever, then they would ring twice, hang up, you go, and then ring again. You go, ah, that's someone we want to talk to. <laughs> Now, uh, given the Telstra says the calls from home uh, are from Telstra home phones, this would mean that, yeah, if you're on Optus at home, or well, we probably get charged for it. So, I don't know, you could try it if you wanted to, but, you know. Uh, Telstra reminds us that the offer excludes international calls, 1-3 numbers, and premium and directory services. So, all those, uh, yeah, call for sex numbers, they're out. <laughs> no, they're out. You got to pay for those. Still, Glenn went there. <laughs> <laughs> you still got to pay for them, unfortunately. Have you ever rang one of those numbers? Just no. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We went rang one. Oh, we had a bit of a bit of a laugh with the girl. She was quite. She was pretty funny. <laughs> I used to like it because um, back in the day, there was a number that you could call for that uh, Telstra used for line testing. So you ring the number and then you hang it up, and it would call back to that number to make sure that the phone was working that's right yeah so i used to do that i'd go over to cousins or grandparents or something and you dial in the number and then you hang it up and run into the next room and sit there like this <laughs> ring 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 oh quick they go running out there hello oh they just disconnected there's nobody oh, there oh. oh okay go back into the kitchen start me ring 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 oh no they're gone again i want there's something wrong with my phone and everyone in the lounge room is just like <laughs> Why don't you just ring up and test your line? <laughs> <laughs> yes, try this one. It'll call back. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, look, Twitter's, what, what's Twitter doing with swatch stickers? 
They do. Ah, well, Twitter is trying to cut down on the um, bad stuff. So it said it'll begin issuing a warning before a user can see pictures with Nazi swash stickers and other items that depend, determines a hateful imagery, as well as prohibit their use on any profile photos. The new policy, which also bans users who associate either offline or online with the organisations that promote violence against civilians. This step is one of several that Twitter said it will take to crack down on white nationalists and other violent or hateful groups, which have become unwelcome on a service that once took an absolutist view of free speech. Twitter said in a blog post that it would shut down accounts affiliated with non-government organisations that promote violence against civilians. So if it's a government organisation you're affiliated with that promotes violence against civilians, that's okay. That's okay, yeah. Government's excluded from everything. And ban usernames that constitute a violent threat or racial slur. It said it would also remove tweets that determine celebrate violence or glorify people who commit it. Twitter suspended an unknown number of accounts this week, including one belonging to Jada Franson, the Britain First leader, whose videos critical of Islam were retweeted multiple times by US President Donald Trump last month. <laughs> were they really bad, were they? I never never saw them. But they obviously I never saw them and they they've been deleted been. now and also the retweets have gone because the uh, original ones are gone. So it says um, uh, Twitter will be issuing a warning before a user can see pictures with swatch things and, and other items in terms of hateful imagery. But I thought if it was determined to be hateful, it just would be banned. Well, You'd think so, uh, but maybe there's some people who want to see something like that. Yeah, but I thought then like, if it was a hateful... Thing, it would have yeah, been. if it's a hateful one, but it could be like you know, um, some historical. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of like this year, last year in history, or fifty years ago in history, or hundred years ago in history might have. Yeah, a right. Picture of the yeah the swash sticker, but but I don't know. Is it all of a like, I don't know. They are they really signs like the swash sticker? I remember. I don't know. We used to draw them on our books at school. <laughs> Remember how Twitter wanted to get more investment or even try and sell Twitter to somebody, but they took a look at it and they said, wow, there's a lot of crap on there and a lot of hate and violence and hatred against women and things like this. Yeah, we're not going to touch that. You keep that Twitter where it is hmm. and we'll take your investment so, money somewhere else. So uh, I think okay. one of the steps where Twitter is like, we better start cleaning up some of the cesspool here. They're yeah. going to drain the swamp. It's oh. like Trump. Not the only ones draining the swamp. <laughs> All right. Now, is look, that the same as draining the lizard, or is that something else? Similar. The lizard filled the swamp, I think. Yeah. And then, <laughs> now, you've got a couple of stories to go, so we'll get through those, uh, I don't know, quickly, sure. if you like. HTTPS deployment is going to get some momentum, said Richard Barnes, a former Mozilla software engineer now with Cisco. We should start preparing for a shift towards making non-secure sites as insecure as opposed to marking secure sites as secure. Mm. As a first step, let's add a negative indicator for all non-secure sites gated by a pref that's off by default, he wrote in a feature request last year. Mozilla approved his request and Firefox Nightly 59 now includes a hidden preference name security.insecure connection icon enabled. That when enabled will show the above strike through lock on all HTTP pages. To enable this feature, users must navigate to the About Config settings section, search for the above preference, and double click to enable it. The increased adoption of HTTPS among website operators will soon lead browsers to marking HTTP pages as not secure by default. 
For example, the current Firefox Nightly Edition version 59 includes a secret configuration option that will show the visible indicator that the page is not secure. In its current form, the visual indicator is a red line striking through a classic lock that's normally used to signal the presence of encrypted HTTPS pages. Yes, yes. So that's uh, that's. I think that's a good idea. I think because yeah. nowadays secure like, should be the norm, and yes. then tell people when it's not the norm. Otherwise, people are like, oh, well, it looks like a website, and then you go to somewhere else, and it's like that's a secure one, but they won't really notice if it's like, yeah, everything's normal. Whoa, look out! This one doesn't have any encryption at all. Warning, warning, Will yeah. Robinson. And I I also read that Chrome, the Chrome browser, next year, early next year, is is going to start blocking ads. Uh, for for sites that have too many, or or sites that have ads that say I think, redirect, yeah, possibly. And uh, if you're on a mobile ads, it'll take up more than thirty percent of the screen. Uh, these things will be blocked. And yep. I think, and so like if you've got ads all over the show, you've actually got to apply to Chrome or to apply to Google to be whitelisted as a safe advertiser. Uh, yep. And then you'll be right. Oh, I yeah. hate that. There's some some places you just despair. You go there, and it pops up a video at the top, and you scroll down, and the video gets larger. Yeah. And then you click, yes. don't play this, so it shrinks down, and then it pops up and says, "Hi, would you <laughs> like to subscribe to our newsletter so you can hear about us every week?" You're like, "No, thanks." And so it pops up. Oh, we use cookies on this site. Don't forget, <laughs> we use cookies. Okay. Well, it pops up. Here's an ad. Full screen, it's auto-playing, quick, you better close it. Oh, you're going to close it. Well, I'm just going to put it down in this bottom corner here. Yeah. Look, the ad's still playing, the ad's still playing. We didn't stop the ad, so we're going to get the hits for that ad, even though nobody's paying attention to it. Pause. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, down a bit. Oh, the ad in this corner has started again. Pause. Yeah, well, well, that's what happened. That's why through the podcast, like I'll bring up the news.com, I think is the particular uh, offender. And, yeah. I, and you will see me, if you're on the video, you'll see me. I know the ad's coming, so I'll push yeah. mute. So... The ad gets muted, but then as soon as the, the actual video starts to load, I can't push the mute button, and then yep. you keep pushing it, and the video doesn't load. Jason's t- w- gone on to the next subject, and all of a yep. sudden, the video's loaded, and it starts talking. Yep. You go, <laughs> Stupid. So, like, you know, these these sites, like, I guess... You know what? It's really deceptive. The point of having autoplay videos is not so that you're watching it, so you can say to the advertisers, 20,000 people watch this video. And the mm. truth is 20,000 people didn't watch it. You forced it onto 20,000 people, none of whom were interested in the ad whatsoever, just so you could raise your advertising revenue and get some more money from the advertisers. It's actually ripping off the advertisers and pissing off your customers at the same time. There's no win situation there. Eventually, both customers and advertisers are going to go away. You're yeah. going to be stuck with a site that nobody wants to go to because it's full of this crap. Yeah, and not only that is that like these sites that they want people to read them, and yeah, they might you might be annoyed because of the you know, what I play stuff. But what happens if you're in a work environment? You know, yeah. you don't want the things just to start blaring. And I thought that's the whole reason why you know they was courteous just not to have the autoplay. Ridiculous. Yes, but anyway. Keep going, Uh, next story. Yes. Over the past decade, the UK government has attempted to lock in a basic level of broadband service across Britain. The idea is that by 2020, members of the public will have the legal right to request speeds of at least 10 megabits per second from their ISP, whether they happen to live in a big city or in the countryside. It's all a part of the government's universal service obligation, which was laid out in the Digital Economy Act passed earlier this year. 
Ministers originally considering adopting BT's voluntary offer, which would have seen it spend up to £600 million, giving 1.4 million resident, rural residents access to speeds of at least 10 megabits per second. Mm. However, in a statement today, the government confirmed that it will now go down the regulatory route as it provides sufficient certainty and legal enforceability that is required to ensure high-speed broadband for access for the whole of the UK by 2020. Cultural Secretary Karen Bradley said, we know how important broadband is to homes and in businesses, and we want everyone to benefit from fast and reliable connection. We are grateful to BT for this proposal, but decided that only a regulatory approach will make high-speed broadband a reality for everyone in the UK, regardless of where they live or work. The government will now begin settling out what the universal service obligation must include. It's expected that legislation will be passed early 2018, that it will take roughly two years to formally introduce the minimum expected speeds previously laid out by Ofcom. While it's certainly a blow for BT, the government's confidence made the correct decision. It believes that by introducing legislation, minimum speeds can be increased as consumers' requirements evolved and that no household will be left behind, subject to a cost threshold. The good news is that fixed line super fast broadband connections which provide speeds of 24 megabits per second or more currently over an estimated 95 percent of uk homes and businesses thanks to the government subsidized broadband delivery uk program that figure could reach 98 percent by 2020 it means that by the time the uso is enforced only a small percentage of uk premises will fall into the gap do you imagine that happening here you must get at least 10 megabits per second to every single household in the country by law well there's a good interview uh i'm not sure if you'll be able to get it uh look it might be on the facebook if you got foxtel go you might be able to get it it was on the sky news channel last night richo i think he has a new, he has a show at eight o'clock or something now I, yep. I i turned in and there was a guy from the rmit and he and pretty it was a great interview it told it, it told us what he thought was the problems with all started 20 years ago uh through multiple governments and what needs to be done so in a nutshell basically he wants to see telstra split up wholesale and retail uh telstra take over say the building and the deploying of the of the broadband and he goes we must have a an objective of fiber to the premise he said anything else is just not going to work yep. so it was a really good interview so if you can find it i, I would encourage you to look maybe well, we know they already did anything else except for fiber to the premises and we know how crap that's turned out don't we yeah and then i was talking to uh, eric as i was saying today and and we were talking about how the U- the us is all cabled with the coaxial cable you know from yep. the from the pay tv days and currently from pay tv days and they're pushing around you know, high speeds through yeah, that. Everyone's looking to go to gigabit and we're like, well, we might get up to five megabits per second for maybe yeah. 80% of the country by 2025 at this rate. And apparently England and New Zealand went down the same path as us earlier and failed. But for some reason, Australia thought that it wouldn't fail for us. <laughs> but it has. A very interesting interview. If you can, go find it. was Richo last night. So that would have been the Richo uh, the 20th of December. Uh, he might have, if you go to his Facebook page, he might have a, a, the the video posted there. But I'd encourage you to go. And it was really interesting. And uh, last one, Jace. Uh, Apple is said to have. Yep, we'll to com- do this first. iPhone and iPad introduced a novel way of interacting with computers via easy to use applications accessible in a highly curated, highly created, 
curated app store. The same approach hasn't worked nearly as well on Apple's desktops and laptops. The Mac app store is a ghost town of limited selection and rarely updated programs. Now Apple plans to change that by giving people a way to use a single set of apps that work equally well across a family of devices, iPhones, iPads, and Macs. Starting as early as next year, the software developers will be able to design a single application that works with a touchscreen or mouse and trackpad, depending on whether it's running on the iPhone and iPad operating system or on a Mac hardware, according to people. Developers currently must design two different apps, one for iOS, the operating system of Apple's mobile devices, and one for macOS, the system that runs on Macs. That's a lot more work. What's more, Apple customers have long complained that some Mac apps get the short shrift. For example, while the iPhone and iPad Twitter app is regularly updated with the social network's latest features, the Mac version hasn't been refreshed recently and is widely considered substandard. With a single app for all machines, Mac, iPad, and iPhone users will get new, all new features and updates at the same time. Mm. Unifying the apps could help the iOS and Mac OS platforms evolve and grow as one and not at the expense of the other. This would be the biggest change to Apple's software platform since iOS was introduced. Apple is developing the strategy as part of the next major iOS and macOS updates, said people who requested anonymity to discuss the internal matter. Codename Marzipan, the secret, not so secret anymore, <laughs> project is planned as a multi-year effort that will start rolling out as early as next year and may be announced at the company's annual developers conference in the summer. Plans are still fluid, the people said, so the implementation could change or the project could still be cancelled. Well, this goes against a lot of other people's suggestion that the uh, Mac desktops, Mac OS, is going to be thrown out completely and just everything go fully iPad and iPhone mm. and nothing else. Well, I think it was that they just bought a Mac out that was like grand. And everybody <laughs> laughed in their heads, didn't they? <laughs> yes. And, Hilarious. Uh, they, yes, that's right. And uh, I was going to say something else, but it's just completely gone out of my brain then. Uh, yeah, so... That other bastard keeps on interrupting <laughs> you. No, I remember what it was. I was and he say, doesn't let you finish what you're saying. <laughs> and you can't get a word in edgeways. And the, yeah, they were saying that, you know, the, the Mac store, it, the Mac app store is, you know, going down the gurgler and it doesn't get updated and everything like that. But uh, have they had a look at the Windows app store? <laughs> Like, yeah, are you serious? Look, there's nothing. That is still useless. That uh, is still hopeless. Like, Fanningham, there's nothing there. Do you remember when we all used to go, go to Two Cows, the ultimate collection of Winsock software, and get all the latest, you know, browser and mm. chat programs and stuff from there? That was really awesome. When I was working at the University of Sydney, I was in talks with the Two Cows people because I went to a uh, show in Sydney and the Two Cows people were there. I'm like, oh, you guys, I love Two Cows, Two Cows. Is awesome. My uh, domains are hosted <laughs> with Hover, which is a subsidiary of a part or something from Two Cows and uses oh, Two yeah. Cows for domain registration. But um, they, um, I was like, oh, I should set up a um, repository at the university. You just needed a server and a big enough hard drive and you could mirror two cows so that people at the university because all the teachers and all the students would be downloading Netscape mm. at the time all from the uh, Netscape website you might as well get it from a local server and just download it the once and keep it on there yeah. so we were in talks with it and I was like yeah this is going to be great I'm going to be running my own two cows Woo! Uh, distribution and then uh, yeah I got a job elsewhere yeah. so <laughs> it all went up, went up the gurgler. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, look, I think we got through everything. That uh, you found quite a few stories that that I didn't see this week. So yeah, good stuff. Good. Yeah, just some interest. You went all over the world, didn't you? you went Bloomberg. You went uh, 
City Morning Herald, bleepingcomputer.com. That's a good resource, <laughs> just quietly. Bleepingcomputer.com if you've got viruses and so forth. But yeah, so that's cool. So that is all we've got time for this week and possibly this year. So uh, yeah, I, I won't be here next week. And Jace, it's up to you guys if you want to. I'll see get... if I get some time. I might put together a special show of highlights from things that have happened during the year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, look, but to take it as there's no show next week. So uh, if you see it in the in your on your phone, well, we'll be do. Yes, great. Have a listen. But other than that, we probably will see you early in the new year. Uh, I'm not even sure about the following Thursday. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we'll we'll be here when we're here, I guess. But it won't be too far into the new year. I'll give you the tip. All right, and uh, Jordan will be back. He's he's keen to come back to us next year as well. And uh, hopefully, Eric will uh, yeah get some downtime and uh, come on as well. And Will, that kid must be growing up by now, eh? Come on. Well, maybe, maybe he could even come in part way through the show. Yeah, that's right. Like people before, they've come in part way or they've left part way through, like Eric yeah. had to the other week. So. Yeah, the technology is here. We can we can do uh, part-timers these days. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Jace. I uh, hope you have a Glenn and Thank everyone you. listening. Yeah. Thanks for putting up with us and listening to us crap on for the last 12 months. Yes, uh, I'll, hopefully you've got something out of it and you've enriched your life somehow and gone and taken a, a, I don't know, a deal that we might have seen that you hadn't seen or, or done something that you know, you've know you got from the show and you've liked and implemented in real life. That would be very... My light, my, my light coin is nearly 10 times what it was when I bought it. There you go. There you, if only you, if you listened to Jace's advice three months ago and bought some light coin or some Ethereum, yeah, you're well on your way to riches. <laughs> success all right so uh, i hope you guys out there have a very merry christmas and a safe and prosperous new year so we'll see you again very soon so for now merry christmas and happy new year same to you jace see you later bye, Cheers. Merry christmas, everyone. bye, bye.